Good morning. John 16, 33. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's been an important verse for me for a couple of reasons. First, it's honest. No matter who you are, you will experience trouble. And then secondly, God promises that he's stronger than anything that we'll face. It's been a rough year for us. Uh, many of you know about our house fire last December. Uh, there have been other things, and I'm going to get to that, but not yet. It's still kind of hard to talk about, so i got to kind of work my way towards it slowly. So let me, let me start here. Trouble is a part of life. Storms occur in all of our lives. And if you want to survive, you've got to take steps to build a life that can stand firm in the face of trouble. And Jesus talks about this in chapter 6 of the Gospel of Luke. This is at the end of one of Jesus' better-known teachings. It's an abbreviated version of the Sermon on the Mount, which is in Matthew. And this is called the Sermon on the Plain. Because Jesus is speaking from a flat spot rather than a mount. So, that's my Bible nerd comment for the morning. You're welcome. Uh, Jesus shares some pretty heavy stuff in this chapter. And then he finishes by asking a question. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? What happens when your actions don't match your words? Jesus' disciples were, were committed to following him. At least that's what they said. They publicly called him Lord, but their actions didn't match their words. Many Christians are committed to following Jesus. They call him Lord, but they don't do the things that he says we should do. And we all do this because we all sin every day. And it doesn't mean that we're not saved because we're saved not by what we do, but by grace through faith. And whenever we sin, we aren't acting like Jesus. We attend church on Sunday, we sing the songs, we pray the prayers, we read the Bible, we listen to somebody talk about Jesus, we say, Jesus is Lord. But on Monday, we yell at our families, cut corners at work, treat a stranger or someone different from us with contempt, and we close out the day sitting on the throne of our lives, making all sorts of unloving judgments and unkind critiques about a bunch of people and things. Whatever we said on Sunday is certainly not being acted out the rest of the week. We talk like Christians, but we don't always act like Christians. Jesus says that his followers are those who obey his words. Are you following Jesus? Are you obeying his words? 
Sometimes we're tempted to think that obedience really doesn't matter that much. I mean, if we're saved by grace through faith and not by works, why obey God? If we get to heaven by believing, why do good works? Well, there are benefits. There are benefits to obedience. There is that whole heaven forever thing. There's the benefit of loving and praising God because he loves us and is so generous to us. There's the benefit of experiencing God at work in and around us. There's the benefit of living the best, fullest, most abundant life possible and then sharing that with others so they can experience the same. Oh, and one more. Obeying God protects us from life's storms. So Jesus then goes on to tell a story about two home builders. When a storm came, one of the homes collapsed, but the other home stood firm. And if you grew up in church, you probably remember singing a song about the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains came down and the floods came up, the house on the sand fell flat or went splat or went crash, whatever your version was that you sang when you were a kid. But what really separates the wise man from the foolish man? The song really isn't very clear on why the wise man was wise. And we know the second man wasn't a great home builder, and maybe his interest in God wasn't much different. I mean, most people today do a lot less research on how to follow Jesus than, he, than they do on how many carbs are in their granola bar. And that's foolish. But that's not the difference between the wise and the foolish man. So let's look at verse 47. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. So what's the difference between the wise and the foolish man? Well, there's three important actions. The wise builder comes to Jesus, hears Jesus' words, and then he does what Jesus says. So the first, coming to Jesus, refers to following Jesus daily. Jesus later says in Luke chapter 9 that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves take up their cross daily and follow me. Are you following Jesus daily? Are you coming before Jesus, praying, asking, seeking to learn from him every day? If you want to weather life's storms, but you aren't coming to Jesus for encouragement and wisdom and strength, your house is on shaky foundation. It's amazing how many Christians think they can live the Christian life without learning how to follow Jesus, without performing a good spiritual workout, without meditating on God's word, without worshiping God with other Christians regularly, and without being in conversations with them about things of faith. I mean, it can't be done. The storms are just too strong. Many have wondered since the pandemic, why church attendance has shrunk in almost every church? My opinion is two main reasons. 
First, a lot of people got out of practice. They lost their desire to work at it anymore, and they just quit trying. And then secondly, they forgot how important it is to grow with others. And all of that is just foolish. I've been going to physical therapy since my back surgery last year. And I have this ongoing inner battle about it. Some weeks I'm convinced that all I need to do is just go to therapy for 40 minutes a week and I will just keep improving. Nope, not so much. I need to be stretching and walking, riding bike, and working on my balance and my strength every day if I want to improve. If I'm ever going to be the person that I want to be, I need to do the work. So physical therapy is it's kind of like Sunday morning worship. I'm learning stuff that I wouldn't on my own with others. And I take those good things home with me every week. But I need to do the work. If we're going to grow spiritually, we need Sunday morning to stay encouraged and connected and, and inspired so we can encourage each other to continue to do the work the rest of the week. And we need to do the work the rest of the week. We must come to Jesus. We must, we must make time and room for him regularly. And then Jesus goes on to say that the first builder also hears what Jesus says. His understanding of what Jesus says and means is growing because he's listening. How about you? Are you a good listener? It's kind of becoming a lost skill set. We're getting really good at speaking and sharing our opinions and making sure everyone knows our views and beliefs about all the big cultural issues. And while we're speaking, often loudly and with a great deal of emotion, we've stopped listening. We're not interested in hearing what other people think or feel and why. We want to be heard, but we don't want to do the hard, important work of hearing and understanding others. Well, how should this work? We could just talk less. Or at least wait and ask ourselves, why do I think I need to talk? Then we might find the space to come to God, have time for others, and to broaden our understanding of the world and other people and, and God. If we stop listening, we reject the help that God offers to weather the storms of life. We're already sunk and we haven't even put the boat in the water yet. You won't find your way unless you hear what God wants to tell you. So the wise man heard Jesus, but so did the foolish man. Verse 49, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like the man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The foolish man could have known the Old Testament stories and the laws and been a, been a regular in the synagogue, supported the temple financially, even been a follower of Jesus. But he would have been a fool if he wasn't paying attention. If he wasn't trying to understand what Jesus meant, was too proud to admit that he didn't know it all and that he might be wrong about some things and instead selfishly believed that he knew everything he needed to know. And that's a foolish person. 
And if that's true, how foolish are we to not come to Jesus and hear what he has to say? That's not just foolish. It's, well, it's just plain crazy. Of course, that explains a lot. Much of what passes for Christianity today can be called nothing less than religious insanity. Uh, I read last week about how to contact your guardian angel. So get a pen out and take some notes if you're interested. Here, here we go. One of the steps was to create a golden aura. It said, imagine yourself breathing golden light until you are enclosed in an egg of gold. Because angels find it easier to connect with you when your aura is golden. That's crazy. And it has absolutely nothing to do with following Jesus. I could give you examples of Christians who teach that you and I are gods, that Satan was Jesus' brother, that demons are behind every sickness and everything that goes wrong in your life, that seeing a feather in church means an angel's been there, some more angel stuff, that God wants to change your fillings into gold, and that you are not healthy and wealthy. If you are not healthy and wealthy, your faith is weak, and also that all Christians vote exactly the same way. And all of that is both foolish and insane. And it sure doesn't come from listening to Jesus. Whenever we take a cultural issue, like immigration, public education, racism, politics, social injustice, critical race theory, the death penalty, marriage, wokeism, poverty, gender roles, parenting, sexual identity, global warming, economics, jobs, did I miss anything? I mean, you name it. And we make it the center pole of our religious tent. We are being foolish. We're allowing cultural issues to take over our faith and letting them be a litmus test to judge the religious experience of others. We stopped hearing what Jesus says to us because we're too busy telling everyone how right we are and how wrong they are. But as important as coming to Jesus and hearing what he has to say are, Jesus' emphasis is on the doing. It's the key to weathering life storms. Follow Jesus, hear what he says, and then go out and do it. It's obedience to Jesus that keeps you wise and strong in life's storms. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. So notice what the wise man does. Before he builds the house, he digs deep, and then he lays the foundation. And that's the difference between the wise and the foolish man. So the wise builder first digs deep. Sometimes you have to go down before you can go up. And going down is not flashy or exciting. It's hard, slow, patient work that's vital to the construction process. Sometimes the things God asks us to do aren't thrilling and don't make headlines. No one may even notice, or they may criticize you for not accomplishing anything. Don't let criticism stop you from digging deep. Don't let people pressure you into building up too fast. Take your time and dig deep into your faith. When it comes to growing spiritually, exciting is not the goal for me. 
digging deep is. So before you can improve your life, you need to destroy a few things. That bad habit or that sin in your life, dig it out. All those boulders of wasted time and lousy attitudes and self-criticism that get in the way of spiritual progress, dig them out. This is the first step in doing what Jesus says. Before you can add good elements to your life, you need to dig out the destructive ones. Only then can you lay the foundation. So after the hole's dug, the obstacles are removed, the foundation can be laid, and it's laid on the rock. Jesus is the rock of our salvation, the cornerstone of the church. 1 Corinthians says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus is both the rock and he's the foundation. He's the rock that was laid by God. And then the foundation is something you lay down on top of that rock. So, how do you lay the foundation, which is Jesus, on the rock, which is also Jesus? I know, it kind of gets a little confusing here. Well, you do it the same way you build a house. You pour the concrete into the holes you dug or into the forms that you laid, and you fill them with good. You fill them with Jesus. And if you don't, other things are going to pour in. And the result won't be good. You'll never get rid of that sin in your life unless you replace it with Jesus. Dig it out and fill it with the power and the presence of Jesus. Love him. Learn from him. Live with him. Let him build your life. And that's the final step. After digging deep, after laying the foundation, then you build the house. And of course, we're talking about our lives here. Our lives which are built on the foundation of Jesus. And it's going to be a good, strong house because it, it's on a good, strong foundation. Your house is built as you follow Jesus, as you listen to him. The wise builder does what Jesus says, which is good because he'll need a home on a strong foundation for when the storms come. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. A house that's built on the rock, obeying Jesus, can weather the storms of life, not because it's a strong house, but because it has a strong foundation. In 2022, we experienced a few storms. I had a, a second back surgery. I lost several friends due to cultural battles, like many of us did. Um, I was lied to and lied about too often. I ended up in the ER after discovering that I was allergic to wasp stings. Church work got a lot more challenging as tribal politics kept dividing good people. And then we had our fire two days before Christmas. We lost our home and all of our belongings, one storm after another. And we limped into 2023 feeling betrayed, broken, homeless, sad, depressed, angry. And to be honest, those emotions are still present about seven months later. In some ways, it's even gotten a little bit harder 
our faith and our foundation was and is still being tested. And it's interesting that the foundation of our home, burned down, is still there. It's still standing. When we, when we built that house three and a half years ago, we intentionally over-engineered the foundation. Deeper, taller, thicker, more reinforcement, because we wanted it to withstand a flood. I mean, it was right next to the Cedar River. Little did we know that the first major test would be not from water, but from fire. Storms will come, and oftentimes in unexpected ways. One of the first things that Deb and I started doing after the fire was to pray together every night, which was something, honestly, we weren't really very great at consistently. But that one practice helped us. We had our rough days, we still do, but I believe by praying together and also reading regularly from the Bible and listening to podcasts and reading other Christian authors and talking with a counselor and safe, good friends, that all helped our foundation stay strong. Not because Deb and I were strong, but because Jesus is. It kept us coming to Jesus and following him and hearing what Jesus had to say to us. We, we shared God stories with each other, things we were grateful for, kindness that we experienced from others where we felt weak and angry and hurt and helpless. And we also encourage each other to do things that Jesus said we should do. And I'm not saying we got it all figured out and that you should just copy us. Please don't. Um, you need to figure out what works for you. You need to do the work, just like we do. Something I'm very grateful for is that Deb and I didn't wait to build our foundation until the storm hit something we've been working on for over 40 years together. Uh, some seasons better than others, but we've been doing it. But hear me, if you're facing a storm, you can start right now. Pain is a powerful motivator. But if possible, please don't wait. Start the day or keep at it. and Keep investing. Stay at it. You will be grateful for that choice when the storm hits. And I, I don't know what storm you're facing right now or what storm might come next for you. It may be financial. It may be the loss of someone that you love. Um, maybe lies and gossip and accusations directed at you. It may be the loss of a, a job or your health. I don't know what it'll be, but, but it'll come. And if you're building your life on Jesus, when that storm comes, no matter how severe it is, no matter how the winds rage, no matter how the torrents of rain fall, no matter how high and violent the flood gets, you can stand firm. Why? Well, it's not because you're so strong, but because Jesus is. The house stood firm because it was founded on the rock. The person who is obedient to Jesus can weather the storms of life. 
so how about you? Are you preparing for storms? Dig that foundation. Dig it deep. Dig up some sin, roots and all. Lay that foundation. Put Jesus into your life. Obey him. Love him. Serve him. Honor him. And do what he says. And then that way, you'll build a house that's able to weather any storm that comes into your life. All right. I think I'm done. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're always honest with us. Life does and will get hard. But we can take heart knowing that you're stronger than anything. You have overcome the world. You did it when you sent your son to live for us, to teach us how to live, to die for us, and then to conquer death so we could live confidently, freely, boldly for you. And we can lean into your power and your strength. So God, help us not to be lazy Christians. Help us be diligent in coming to you, in listening to you, and in doing what you say. Because we trust you. We trust you. So God, help us.